0: You're listening to the Choose to Be podcast with hosts Alana Gordon and Amy Wolsey. As you join us each week, we will provide you with tools, resources, and knowledge to help you navigate your healing journey. Choose recovery, choose healing, choose you.
1: Welcome to the Choose to Be podcast, everyone. Thank you for joining us today. Maybe you are on your morning walk as you're listening. Maybe you're taking your kids to school, picking them up, wherever you are. Thanks for being here with us. We're wrapping up our series surrounding last week's episode with Dr. Kenneth M. Adams. Before we do that, however, we want to mention a couple of these upcoming and new things that Choose Recovery has going on that we are so excited about. We did mention last week, I think, Alana, a little bit of the support groups Luke is running a support group for men who are in addiction. Is it just for addiction?
0: It's focusing on those who are trying to get away from unwanted sexual behavior behaviors. So yes, it will use tools from the addiction model. But even for those who keep going back to behaviors that are outside of their value system, but do not have an addiction still can find value in that but it's for those who are still in that place of not yet able to let go of whatever those unwanted sexual behaviors are so that is starting with Luke which I am super excited for
1: I am too that's going to be really really beneficial and it is different than his choose 180 group in how those are going to be run so just note in fact Book a session with Luke, a consult, if you're wondering which one is, is the right fit for you. You're running groups for those who are new to Betrayal, support and groups. You. And you, both of us. <laughs> well, and I'm running some specifically for women who are are going through divorce. That first, whether you're stepping into separation and going through the divorce or new to divorce, that first year alone, even though you're you chose it or It's the decision that's happening. There's still so many new things that come up that first year. And so having that support is really beneficial. And same with betrayal. You you think you might understand or know kind of everything that's going on, but it's almost like your physical body and mental, like all of that kind of catches up once the shock residue wears off. So having support in these areas is critical. And what we love about this is the first 12 weeks are free. So leaning into that vulnerability of being in a group and getting support, and like I think we said last week, the first two steps to healing is safety and support. So we want to make sure that we're meeting the needs of all of you, wherever you're at in your stage on the healing journey. A couple other new things that are coming is your choose for couples. You want to talk about that?
0: Luke and I have had this in our brains for a long time, and it's for those who are ready to dive in a little bit, and dip their toe into the couple's work. There's something that is so valuable about being able to go together to hear the same information and then to be able to work on it and talk about it. So we want a certain level of emotional safety in the relationship before you embark on this type of group. But we've been doing our monthly road to recovery, which I don't think we've even ever talked about that on this podcast. I don't
1: think so. It
0: is such a I'm gonna toot my own horn, but it's such a cool resource because it's once a month, it's totally free. You can come as an individual or as a couple and we just talk about some basic tools to couples healing. And so we do that every month for free and we keep having these requests of, can you do something weekly? Can you have a group? Can you have a class? And so that's what we've created is this weekly structure where you can come, you can get tools, you can keep discussing it, you can work on things with your partner throughout the week. And so that's starting in April. It's $150 per couple every week. And then it goes for as long as you need it and as long as you feel like it's valuable. And so you can join or drop anytime.
1: I love it. It is very, very important to get that couple's work when you are ready to lean into that. So
0: amazing. I will say one cool thing too is Luke and I tag team it. Hence the price is a little bit more expensive because you're getting both of us and so sometimes there can be real value of for men to hear the betrayed side through someone who has been through betrayal, and also for women to hear it through the man, or through the brain of a man who has been through it himself but has done his healing.
1: So even those elements is and well worth the price. Seriously, it's a remarkable resource. So love that one, and I and I like how this one is helping. It's like taking that healing to the next level, taking the relationship to the next level. And that's what the next little group that we're, that's starting up again, April 5th is the Believing in You group coaching program. And that is whether you're married, doesn't matter where you're at in your relationship. This is specifically for women who are ready to take their healing to that next level, where there has been enough of that sense of I can create my safety and leaning into, okay, I'm ready. I'm ready. To thrive. I'm ready to trust myself again. I'm ready to learn how to love myself and, and maybe even love someone else in your life that's been really hard to love. So, so many amazing groups that we've got going on. So check those out at chooserecoveryservices.com. And as always, if you're like, not sure, where do I go? What's a good fit for me? Then just book a consult with us and we'd love to help you out there. And Vanessa is fantastic to help you figure that out too. So, all right. Today, we're wrapping up this series and the conversation last week. And really, we're going to start off with, we've had some people email around that conversation, some listeners with some concerns. And thank you for doing that. We love that you're not just sitting on it. So if you still have some concerns or wondering how this applies to you, feel free to reach out to us. But a couple of things that that came up as listeners heard That interview with Dr. Adams, one from a woman asked us the question, so do I hide my pain from my kids because I don't want them to carry any of this stuff? I don't want to put it on them and I don't want to throw their dad under the bus, but sometimes I can't hide my pain. So what do I do with that? First of all, I love this question. I think I mentioned last week with Dr. Adams, there was a lot of that that I felt throughout my journey of, oh my gosh, I'm impacting my children in this big way. I'm curious how you want to, like, I have an answer in my head to this one, Alana, but I'm curious what you say to this question.
0: Oh, you're putting me on the spot for me. I am, totally am. Okay. Well, always, I want to start first by just validating the heck out of that as parents, especially in my experience, some mothers I've worked with, there's such a a deep desire to give your kids the best and protect them from pain. I think that's hardwired into us to protect our offspring. And so of course, there's going to be feelings of wanting to protect them and to do this the best way that we can. Because we all know that this is a difficult situation. And there's There's going to be consequences and impacts of that, but we want to often negate as many of those as we can. And Amy and I are here speaking as mothers with children, experiencing that of how do I protect my kids and how do I help them navigate this? And for myself, there's been this, um, me learning how to make place and accept my own emotions and not judge them and to be authentic to them. And also this, I don't want to put my emotions on my kids and I don't want them to carry it. And I also don't want to walk around my house crying all the time because I still want to be able to show up for them. And so I I notice these different parts that and sometimes feel like they conflict. And sometimes the pain is too great that there is no hiding it. That As much as I wanted to not shed tears, they were coming and I can lock myself and hide in my closet, but my kids still know if I'm locked in my closet, something's going on in there. And then there's even more of like, what is happening and what's going on. And so I just validate how hard all of this is and the complexity of it. And for me is, I would say, let's make space for both of those parts. Let's make space for the pain in a way that honors your experience, but isn't asking your children to hold that. You're not putting it on it. You're not, you're not taking the person who's caused you pain and we're not putting blame and showing your kids of, well, he did this to me and it's dad's fault. And if he wouldn't have, so you're not doing any of that, but honoring the pain of, I am really sad right now. And I think it brings comfort to kids. And I'm going to stop talking after this, because I feel like I could talk about this forever. But I think it brings comfort to kids to know that it's okay to feel sad. And it's okay to have big feelings. And also comfort in mom has tools that she's using to help her. I am feeling really sad. And that's why I'm going to take some time to feel these feelings. And I'm probably going to work on this with my therapist. And here's some tool, here's some things that I'm doing as I'm working through my pain. And so giving that permission, but also giving them some awareness of what to do, because they're going to just like this whole episode we're going to go into in a minute, or we've been
1: talking about is they have big feelings too. Yeah. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with your big feelings and there's nothing wrong with theirs. Even if you've impacted them, and I'll just keep repeating my favorite quote is the power is in their repair. Okay. Funny story. My kids always, one of the things that they've recognized is that I when I rage clean, that they, in fact, my daughter sent me really funny TikToks that she found this kid sitting on the couch while mom's rage cleaning. And it was going along to the song of um, great ways to die sitting on the couch. (laughs) Anyways, she sent that to me the other day and I was laughing. Well, ironically enough, this morning, I was feeling quite feisty this morning about something that happened. And I just not anything to do with her. And I was rage cleaning my kitchen and she noticed it and started laughing. And I chose to validate what she's seeing rather than gaslight and say, I'm okay, which is what I used to do all the time. Yep. I'm feeling very angry and spicy right now. And I am totally rage cleaning. And this has nothing to do with you and you don't need to fix it and you don't need to absorb it. So push it all back on me. And I literally saw her shoulders like drop and then she didn't leave she didn't run away she went finished her breakfast right in front of me on the counter and it was like that is what you can do is validate their safety and validate your love for them and even like what you even said like explain what's happening because i know for my kids that's that is a trigger when they see mom cleaning they okay I want to slow that down. You didn't cause
0: it. You can't fix it. Isn't it interesting? We did the same thing with like addiction. You didn't uh, cause it. you uh, can't cure uh-huh. it. But telling your child, you didn't cause this. You can't fix this. And I don't want you to absorb it. That is so beautiful. And I'm like, in my head, I'm like, crap, why have you not been doing that? Because that, but that's so beautiful because um, I think that sometimes we need permission to not do that and have that reminder. Because even in that moment, a child can go into that panic. So you said your kids freeze. Some kids go into fight, some go into freeze, some go into like, get the heck out of there. That's what my kids do. Mom's doing that angry cleaning. My kids are like out. (laughs) Yeah. And, And in their defense, that's what I wanted. I wanted to be alone and just be mad and just clean. But in even in that fleeing is them absorbing it. So that slowing it down,
1: giving them permission to not do that. What a gift you give your kids. It's taken me a long time to figure that out and to do that and to be okay doing that. So give yourself grace and space and compassion and time to practice this. Also make space and time for your kids to accept it. Like I've done this enough that she was able to sit with me where before Like, I don't want to give this idea that this is like how it's always been. This is years of practicing before I could say that thing when I did and she would still absorb, carry and blame me later and disconnect the rest of the day. So this is over and over and over. And I think that's the point and leads into the next question that we got from actually a man who is struggling with his addiction and the shame around it. But just know you've you've got time To do this work with your children. And I know for me, I felt a, I always feel like the rush and the panic and hurry, hurry, let's fix this and get this over with so we can all be one big happy family. You have to let that go, just like you've let go your checklist of healing and giving yourself a lot of time because there is a lot of time. There really is to do this work.
0: I don't know if I've ever shared this story on here before, but Luke and I were at dinner with friends who were on a similar journey. And he, he's in his mid forties and he was talking about his parents who are in their eighties and him wanting to do relational work with his parents. And they are, they just weren't in a place for that and how painful that was to him. And we talked about how if they were to come to him today in their eighties and say, you know what, I would really like to, and I would really like to get this right. And I didn't do it perfect, but I'm going to try moving forward. Would that be helpful? And he he said, like, you have no idea how much I would want that. So here's an adult man in his 40s that that would still be valuable for the parent in in their 80s to come back and try to repair and fix. So no matter what age your kids are, there is time. Now, nobody is guaranteed tomorrow. And so we don't know time as far as how long each individual has on this earth. But there is time in a way that it's not too late to start training and start healing today.
1: Yeah, it's true. And then when that doesn't happen, like we've said before in, in episodes past, if you don't get that opportunity in person, the beautiful gift of agency and the ability to be empowered is that you can still have the healing and move forward and thrive even if you don't get because what just came to mind is a lot of the divorced women. I mean, my situation included where their father isn't in that mind space, that space to do that work yet. Um, still crossing fingers. And even if I wasn't, my children would still be able to thrive and get the healing that they need, even if we never showed up in this way. So if that's your situation or your freaking out you're like but what if but you know this and just again slow it down and have have more faith in your children's ability to heal themselves so really the questions we're hearing is how can I help heal my children and we're kind of talking about that today but I think really letting go of that responsibility like you can show up in these moments that I have like with my daughter help but it is not what is actually healing her. She's healing herself, right? That it, it isn't me healing her. It's giving her, it's opening a door and creating some space for her to be more aware of her body and what she's doing. And then she has to lean in and do the work herself. And she might not be, you know what I mean? That's, that's not for me to judge or control. I just know that for me, and then answer to this question that this woman had, what you can do is make space for them to heal themselves. And who knows when that'll happen. And it's okay if it's not happening right now. Now, this question from our, our male listener, who is the addict, who is impacting everybody, he, his question was more around like, okay, I'm hearing all of this. And it's hard not to go to that place of shame. I never wanted to hurt my kids. And now we see how much this can affect them. What would you suggest I do to help them heal? So that kind of answered that question, but Alana, let's talk a little bit to that shame and again, validate how, yeah, of course you would feel some guilt and shame around your impact. It's interesting because more often than not,
0: adult children don't have parents who want to do this type of repair. And so thank heavens we can still heal on our own. And you look at the three stories shared at the beginning of the book in Dr. Adam's book, two of them, the parents, well, actually one of them, the parent later did some healing work and what a difference he noticed when mom and dad were actively attending support groups and doing their work. One did not choose to do the work. And then the other one, she talked about how in her family, they were, she was raised in a like world of recovery and, and she didn't understand, like, didn't know like what a gift that was. And, but she still had her stuff to work through. Even with that, she still had her stuff to work through. And I think about my kids, and most of what they'll remember is a family working recovery, a family of healing and of therapy and of groups and working together and talking. And as a family coming out of these shadows, but they will still have their individual work to do, which I referenced. But every little bit of learning and work that you are doing is going to impact them. It is going to help create this environment and even this knowledge and words around what they have experienced that's going to help put them on a path quicker or easier to do their healing work. But I love that you said like they as individuals still have to choose. My 18-year-old son I have made the invitation to read the book. I've made the invitation to work with it with this therapist. He may never choose to do that. And that's where his absolute choice and accountability is his and his alone. And I'm not going to pressure him. I'm not going to push him. I'm not going to do these reminders to him of like, I'm even seen- though we really want to. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. yeah. But every time I do that. Knowing this particular child, I'd probably end up pushing him further away from doing his own healing work. So he knows what is available to him if and when he's ready to look at it. Yeah. But I trust him in his own process that he will do it in his own way, in his own time. And that's not up to me to decide. That being said, this question, the thing I don't want to miss in it is where it started with, I hear all of this and it's hard not to go to a place of shame. For the person who has acted out, outside of their values, you, like, yes, the betrayed partner has their own shame, but there is going to be an immense amount of often shame, pain, regret, I wish I hadn't of. And my my challenge there is to practice or do some processing around what is shame that I am bad versus the guilt, I did something that's outside of my value system and it feels really bad and break that down. And the pieces that really are, I am bad, those are good, I don't know if it's a red flag or a white flag, but a good flag to say, ooh, we have some good work that we wanna do here. So you can be free of that. And the more you work through your own shame, the less you're going to transfer that shame to your children. So I think that could be a beautiful way of helping them heal is you working on your own shame and what comes up for you. And that's really for both partners.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think that's so well said. And that's a great answer to that question. Okay, so really quickly, because we don't want to make this episode too long, let's just go over the Bill of Rights. So in the book, at the very end, gives a list of the Bill of Rights and abilities for adult children of sex addicts. And the reason why we wanted to make this the finale is I found just, again, so much power and empowerment for myself, but also for like how I can support my adult children as they navigate their healing journey. And so I wanted to read some of them that Stood out to me, Alana. Maybe there's some that stood out to you. And again, get the book, read the book so you can get the whole list of rights and responsibilities here. The first one that really stood out to me, and it was hard to choose I have the right to explore my own femininity, masculinity, or non binary identity that were injured in my sexually addicted family. That one was really impactful to me, and how that right to explore it was taken away when there is this extreme sexual addiction and shame around sexuality that we talked about last week. So I liked that one. That
0: one I think is beautiful. And it's funny because I'm like scrolling through the list and I'm like, ah, there's so many good ones. There's a couple around boundaries. And I think the boundary ones are really helpful. Side note. Amy has already listened to the whole book, but shoot, what is the book called now? Melissa Urban. Oh, Book of Boundaries.
1: Book of Boundaries. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. So good and just can prime your brain for any type of boundaries. But the one I like, it is my responsibility to set healthy boundaries that assist me in feeling safe in my relationship with others. And I think about this and this starts even as a parent, me teaching my child that they get to hug who they want to hug. Or if they don't want to be tickled by somebody, they get to not be tickled. And it's my job as a parent to support them in that. Even if it's, they don't want a hug for me. So instead of saying to my kids, hey, come give me a hug good night. It's, I would like to give you a hug. Is that okay? And I empower my kids in that way. So I love that they get, that it is their responsibility that they get to own for themselves.
1: Yeah, I love that. Okay, another one that we want to highlight is, it is my responsibility to return my parents' burdens to them and become loyal to self, my partner of, and my family of procreation. I loved that one. And of course, the example I just gave briefly, kind of a silly example, but just that example of this morning when I was rage cleaning, like returning that responsibility back to my child. And then if my child is doing this work, she would return the responsibility back to me, my emotion what I've done, all of that kind of stuff. So that's how that looks And in the sense of if you're the adult child working on it, but if you're the parent trying to make space for the child to have this responsibility, that's what that would look like.
0: Well, and just really quick, as parents, making space for your kids to practice these rights and to practice this sometimes can be really hard. And so I have to remember that when I feel as a parent, like I'm being rejected or I feel like they're taking up space, I'm not used to them taking up, remembering. So I have the right to be treated with respect to my family without being shamed, blamed or sca- scapegoated. Meaning if those are happening, it is my responsibility to shape my own boundaries and values and to protect myself from family members who continue to be- behave shamelessly. And both of these go so well. If you have extended family members or your family of origin does this, you can practice this too, not just your child who's coming from a sex-addicted family.
1: Yeah, I love that. Okay, another one that I just loved was it's my responsibility and right to seek out the help and support I need to heal and advocate for myself when needed. I have the right to heal from the wounds inflicted from my sexually addicted family and how you were impacted I'm going to put were inflicted and impacted by your sexually addicted family so how I interpret that as like if you're the adult child is you have the right to get support you have the right to seek out help it's okay and you can still love your parents and even love your family and get help and support sometimes see that a lot with oh but then that means I had to hate this is actually going to open up that ability to love because you're really going to start loving yourself and heal those wounds. And then as a parent, I how I'm showing up is how can I support you and right now that's paying for therapy. Well, it's
0: interesting because I see with clients sometimes when they're working on some of the family of origin wounds that sometimes the feelings do get big at first. That how could you or this wasn't okay or this wasn't fair. And we have to often go there and make space for those wounded parts to be able to come back to that place and then see their generational patterns and see the things that they were impacted by. And I remember watching a TikTok once and she said, My mom did not break all of the generational patterns, but she broke some of them. And I was like, Oh, that is so good because I'm as a parent. I can't break all of them, but I sure as hell have broken some of them. Yeah. And I hope my kids will then continue to break even more of them. And each of us has our own work to do. But I couldn't see the ones that they had broken and the work that they had done and what good had happened until I tended to those wounded parts first, because those wounded parts were too loud and too upfront. And same thing with my husband. His wounded parts were too loud and upfront to be able to see and have empathy for what was underneath. Yeah. So sometimes, yes, it does feel like it wor- gets worse before it can get better.
1: I remember thinking this, oh my gosh, I don't want to go therapy. It means I'm going to like hate them forever. There, There's a swing, just like we've talked so much about the pendulum swing. So I'm glad that you slowed that down. I think making space for all of the emotions and all of the parts and all of the wounds gets you to the place of healing and that repair work that that is really impactful that's yeah. possible right any more stand out to you there's so many more like go read
0: the book <laughs> i've not read the book yet there's so many more and for partners who haven't heard about the bill of rights google Vicky tidwell palmer bill of rights there's some beautiful partner bill of rights that are really wonderful in here for adult children of sex addicts, there's really beautiful rights that when we can embrace, whether we're betrayed partners, whether we're adult children of sex addicts, whether you're the person who's been struggling with sex addiction and you need to learn to love yourself, all of this work has such lasting impact and it is worth the fight. It is worth the journey. It is worth facing the fire and... Breaking those generational patterns and maybe breaking some of the new patterns that we were using to cope with what was here in front of us. But this work is so important and keep your questions coming because those questions are really valid. And there's a lot of pain and a lot of fear sometimes in this journey, but there's also healing and beauty and strength and post traumatic growth. So, as always, Thank you for hanging out with Amy and I thank you for being part of the conversation and we will see you
1: next week. Hey, so speaking of young adult children, it's time for my young single adult dating and self-empowerment course again, starting April 2nd. This is for women ages 18 to 26, and they can be single, single and dating someone, single and engaged, even single again after divorce. This is a 12 week course. And if you want to learn more about this resource, pass it along, head over to the show notes or go to chooserecoveryservices.com. Also, check out the previous episodes where I have those who've taken the class before talk about their experience and share their thoughts. And honestly, even if you don't have someone in mind for this, those episodes are just so inspirational as you listen to those women. I'll actually have those added to the show notes for y'all too. I'm so proud of this course and truly have a passion to help women of all ages become empowered and believe in themselves, love themselves fiercely. And when they can see themselves this way, it opens the door for those healthy experiences. So let your amazing young women know in your life about this resource and feel free to reach out to me for more information. As always, continue to choose healing, choose recovery, and choose you. Take care, everyone.